Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick-ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, aw oh, yeah? Oh yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people from all over the planet Earth? I'm Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective, or tingly, or even fabulous. <laughs> way to learn English. So download this podcast now and listen to us while you're stuck in traffic, walking the dog, ironing your socks, or making some delicious Mexican tacos, or possibly drinking a nice cup of tea. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm joined here in the virtual studio. First of all, with just a regular boring old Ethan. How are you, Ethan? Oh. Oh yeah, um, trying to not suffocate on the smoke here, as I was telling Lucy before. Okay, we'll ask more about the smoke later. But our special, <laughs> our special guest of honor today on today's podcast is Lucy from English with Lucy. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's an honor. You're, yes, that's our pleasure. And just so you know, I think you are probably the sixth. I think I pronounced it correctly. Sixth female to ever appear on our podcast, and now this is podcast one hundred and thirty-nine. And I think you're the third or fourth British person ever on the podcast. Wow, you must feel, be so excited! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, a, what a ratio! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're slowly getting better. We're getting uh, we're we're improving with our uh, people. Once thought that we were a bit bit of a macho kind of a um, podcast. We we joked around about kind of guy stuff. So it's nice to just have a refreshing English woman like yourself on the podcast. So thanks I'm for joining us. I'm here to feminize us. everything. So yes, yes, no macho-ness here. I think the the, the, <laughs> the world and the universe now needs a lot more female energy. So. Any any way we can get and promote that is positive. Fabulous. Well, thank you for inviting me on. And no worries. And、uh, what's the deal with the smoke?、Uh, right now, they're、uh, actually to clear out the crops here in Southeast Asia, and I guess in China they burn them all at the end of the season, and that is right now. So there's quite a bit of smoke in the air that's like blowing down from China and Laos. Uh, and it's it's quite unfortunate because like there's some beautiful mountains here and you can't really see them now.、Mm. That's a shame. <laughs> so、uh, we're always joined from different corners of the globe. So everyone knows that right now Ethan is in Thailand, I'm in Australia, and where from around the world are you right now, Lucy? I am in Bedfordshire, which is a county just north of London in England, and. Yes, I'm currently in my parents' home, hence why I'm sat on the floor of a bedroom because I've been kicked out of my office today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if、Not、you didn't,、so、if you didn't, sorry, if you didn't say that you were on the floor, we probably wouldn't be able to tell. Oh no, I'm in my high-tech office then, feeling very important. <laughs> 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 so、uh, I'm, I'm sure most of the people、uh, watching、uh, or listening to this podcast have heard of. Heard of you and your your project and everything you're doing, but for those that don't, would you like to just quickly, maybe first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and then also about English with Lucy? Okay, well, I am an English teacher from England, and I started teaching in Spain because I had a placement year from university in a marketing agency in Madrid. And it shut down halfway through my my year, so、oh、my I didn't、God. know what to do.、Sounds、so, 
Sorry? I was going to say, it sounds like something that could happen in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was. Um, the environment wasn't that great um, at the time. But, yeah, so I did my teaching degree and fell in love with teaching. And then I just saw a bit of a, a gap for another YouTube teacher. I was I always used to watch YouTube teachers to kind of figure out how they explained grammar in an efficient way and thought, oh, I'd quite like to try that. So I started my channel a year ago, just over a year ago. And yeah, the rest is is what you see today. It's YouTube <laughs> history in the making. Yes. <laughs> it's how how cool is it at, at like how quickly you can just grow an audience? Like how many I think I checked you have like over 250,000 subscribers maybe on your YouTube channel. I think today we hit 275. Thousand okay. and That's um, thank you. Yeah, the the growth has been pretty quick actually. Um, it's very exciting. Um, I'm just mm -hmm. enjoying every day because we all know that YouTube can change very quickly. But no, it's been really exciting to see an audience, you know, be built there, and then to start get getting recognised and things like that. That's a bit bizarre. Not quite used to that yet, but luckily it doesn't happen <laughs> so much. You get? Do you get recognised like on the street? You're saying? Not in my village, <laughs> well, but not for English with Lucy. They all know me in the village because there's like 300 people. But in London, um, I've been to a couple of cafes and people have approached me or they've been like, mm. oh, you're English with Lucy. And I was so excited <laughs> that I wanted to take a selfie with them because <laughs> much more that they wanted to take it with me. Um, I guess that's a good sign as well if you're, if they're if they're saying you're you're, you're uh, English with Lucy and they have like perfect pronunciation. So yeah. one, you're doing it, you're doing a great job because you have so many uh, subscribers, and two, people are, are, are confident enough to just like say, "Hey, what's up?" on the street, you know. I must say, my favorite YouTube comment that I get every now and again is, "You are the angle of English," and I'm like, "That is a lovely comment, but it's an angel." <laughs> <laughs> I, I always think, oh, I haven't been doing my job correctly, have I? You're calling me the angle of English. <laughs> Ed, um, sorry, I, I forgot to stop you earlier, but uh, you mentioned something like uh, you're, you, you went to Spain for placement. What yes. is a placement in this case? Oh, so um, in the UK, we do a three-year degree, an undergraduate degree. I did a Bachelor of Arts in Marketing Communication, and um, between years two and three, you'll do a placement year, which is where you do a year working in industry. And um, so you'll, you get paid. It's not an internship. You'll get paid a low salary, but you get to, you know, have amazing experience and in companies that are huge. So I decided to do mine in Madrid because I wanted to do it in Spanish and have experience working in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned the company shut down. So obviously that's not like they didn't just close at the end of the day. No, they stopped paying me for a while. There were a couple of months where I had to literally go to my boss's house and be like, please give me some money. I can't pay my rent. And then it just, they were just like, yeah, we've got to let you go. And then they shut down as well. Oh, man. Everyone had to pack hmm. their bags and leave. Yeah. And then how did you end up in Seville my ex after that? My ex-boyfriend is from Seville, and I wasn't with him at the time. We were having a little break, <laughs> and in the end, I decided oh, I'll move back to S Seville because I liked it there anyway, and then we got back together, and it just seemed like the right idea at the time to do a teaching qualification there. Awesome. Oh, that's great. What did you think about living in, uh, in Andalusia? I loved it. Seville, for me, is the best city on earth. I would love to go back and live there one day when, it, when it's appropriate to go back. And um, just the lifestyle, the people, the language, the food, the culture, just the attitude. It is an amazing place. I love it. And, and the uh, cool. the, uh, the way they speak Spanish, the Spanish accent they have there? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Okay. Yeah, actually, I'm not very familiar with Spanish. Go on, Ethan. Uh, I was going to say, I saw a video of you, Lucy, in uh, speaking Spanish on, on your channel. Okay. And I was kind of blown away by you, you really 
perfected the Andalus accent, and I've always been envious of that. I've got more of a... Mine is just all over the place. It's a mix, because <laughs> I had influence from uh, the Canaries, from Valencia, from Mallorca, Barcelona, so... Yeah, that is not, quite a mix. People are never quite sure. <laughs> I bet it's quite exotic, actually, the way you speak. Yeah, it's, it's just... Uh, <laughs> people know I'm not from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, come on, Ethan, man, you have to say, yeah, it's really exotic. G- girls are always telling him how exotic, how exotic his Spanish accent is, and he uses it all the time. Is that your technique? Yeah, it was quite nice. And it's, uh, yeah, when we, were, when we were in Chile, it was nice because people would think I was Spanish. And, oh, that, uh, now that is a compliment. And I've traveled other places, and they asked me if I was Argentinian. Uh, really? I think I've gotten, like, Bolivian one time, so I I think I you've got the no Argentinian idea. look, actually. I think if I had it to guess where you're from, I would say Brazil or Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> Good guess. Mm. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, um, subject at hand. And <laughs> also maybe because <laughs> maybe because we're also talking about accents now, I, I wanted to also just quickly ask about your, um, for example, your your learning of Spanish. Has that at all changed a lot the way that you, for example, teach English? I know you, you said you have like a teaching major, right? Absolutely. It has 100% influenced how I teach because the poor Hispanics and most Latin-based languages are phonetic. So the way you see something written is the way you pronounce it. And English just isn't that way. And it's really, really tough to disassociate a spelling from pronunciation. So mm. I always tell my students, look, learning English is like learning Chinese. You just can't look at the letters and, and you can use them as a rough guide and you can learn rough rules, but there are so many exceptions. So, yes, learning Spanish f- made me sympathize really with their learning process. Mm-hmm. But being like coming from like a, a, a real like teacher perspective, I, I'm just saying like for myself, like when I first started thinking about learning another language, like teaching a language, it, it got totally changed based on my experience actually like learning a language. You know, like I, I never really, I mean, I, I spent a long time living in Brazil, so I had a lot of contact with the language, but I never really studied much like grammar and um, much of the structure. I kind of just like picked it up through listening and then, like, mm-hmm. filled in the filled in the gaps later on. I mean, what what would be your perspective on that as a, uh, as a as a teacher and also like a language learner? Do you think that it should be very grammar focused, or would you be more like chill out with the language a little bit? How do you generally approach that subject when people ask you about grammar, especially at the beginning? Yes, I think you need a healthy mix of everything. Now, some people like to say, no, grammar's not necessary, you just need to speak. And that does work in some situations. But So, for example, I had a basic understanding of Spanish grammar. I'd done a little bit of school when I met my, my ex-boyfriend. Um, but it was only when I started living with him and speaking with him in Spanish every day that my, my Spanish became fluent. And But throughout that, I did have to research and and like kind of choose topics to look at like why does he say it like that and why doesn't he say it like that and what does this actually mean and what's this person trying to say when they say this combination of words so i think the best way to learn a language is get a basic understanding so you've got a rough template then be immersed so you're always speaking imitating listening trying to understand and then just pick and choose very carefully where your doubts are so if you don't know how to use countable and uncountable nouns research it you need to educate yourself rather than have a book educate you i think going through a course from a to b isn't always the most effective way of learning a language because everyone has different needs so Mm -hmm. i think you need to pick um see where your doubts are and then just try and find the answer because the world is your oyster you've got so many youtube teachers pages podcasts you've got everything at your disposal yeah and that's also another great thing with like uh like youtube like learning through youtube now because not only do you have you know whenever you want if you want to learn about countable and uncountable nouns and that's a topic you're searching for and then you see like a video with uh english with lucy like appears and like after that video youtube is going to know what your other problems are and it's going to recommend them to you so you can watch more videos and it's going to know your english learning better than 
even a teacher maybe who knows it, yeah it's very interesting their their algorithm they seem to always when because i look at italian videos because i'm learning italian at the moment and they always manage to recommend something that i don't know afterwards so then i have to binge watch binge watch is when you <laughs> watch one thing or you watch loads of things together you know like when you yeah. watch a series a tv series <laughs> Um, I think I think binge. You'd always generally associated it with binge drinking, right? Yeah, people that just like drink without. It's the new epidemic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think just... I think Netflix introduced that new epidemic, right? It just kills your productivity. Mm. I always get to the seventh episode, and then I'm like, no, no more. We'll leave it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, uh, side note here, not to lose focus on what we're talking about. What is a good British TV series? Do you have any that you can think of just randomly, something that you watch? Yes, good absolutely. Um, the one that I always recommend because, A, it's a fantastic series, and B, it's got a really wide range of UK accents. I think it's got a bit of Irish, Somerset, Scottish, Southern English, RP. It's got everything in it. Oh, I'm getting pins and needles on this floor. Um, it's Broadchurch. <laughs> Broadchurch. Um, B O. Broadchurch. Yeah, it's B R O A D, Church. C H U R C H, and okay. it's a murder mystery series. They're on their third series now, and a boy is found dead on a beach in like a southern English village, and everyone seems to be ever so slightly involved, and it's just fantastic. For some reason, every time. Go with first, Ethan. Is it on Netflix? Where can people find this series? I don't know if it's on Netflix. Um, I know it's produced by ITV, which is one of our big networks, and I'm sure it's available in other countries. You can definitely buy it on Amazon if you buy mm. the DVD. I know because I have a link to it under my videos, and I see that a lot of people buy it. Um, so I imagine you can get it in different countries. But where there's a will, there's a way, guys. If you want to find it, you can find it. <laughs> Oh, nice expression. Where there's a will, there's a way. What does that One mean? One of my favorites. It means that if you believe something is possible, then it is. If you want to do something enough, then you can. I live by that. <laughs> when I was trying to learn how to use cameras and edit videos, I kept saying to myself, where there's a will, there's a way, Lucy. Did I, I haven't told you how my first filming ex experience was, have I? No. We would love yeah. to hear it, though. So when I started the YouTube channel... Uh, well, I had the idea of what I wanted to do and I told my dad, I was like, look dad, I really want to start this channel and he, he gave me a business loan. So he gave me a £500 business loan which I paid back with interest, my dad is a very professional man and I, that was to buy the camera and the tripod. So I bought them second hand, got a really nice one, they arrived in the box, set them up, did all my hair and makeup, ready to film, I'd planned my lesson, it was make, and, make or do. And I switched on the camera and I was like, this piece of crap doesn't work. So I phoned up the company that sold it to me. I was like, guys, you have sold me a dead camera. It doesn't work. And they asked me to say, take a picture of what I, my setup was. And turns out I hadn't bought a lens. I was just there with a camera body, <laughs> no lens in it. <laughs> so wow. had to extend my budget in the end. You just bought a new lens after that? I bought a new lens. I managed to get a well-priced lens, which is the lens I use today now. So, mm. Well, that's, a, uh, I guess, you know, there's always a, uh, every, every uh, new celebrity always has that kind of like underdog story at the start, you know? Yeah, that, that's my one. <laughs> Not that I consider myself a celebrity. <laughs> uh, what does underdog mean? I'll throw that one over to Ethan. Underdog is kind of like uh, yeah, it's usually someone who like in the beginning they're they're uh, a lot of times in sports, like they have a hard time getting good at it, but then through some hard work and transformation, they suddenly become the champion, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's the, uh, That's a good the karate kid. The karate kid, yeah. It's, yeah, you're right. The underdog. Uh, that's cool. So, uh, at least now it seems like the camera is working great and you're uh, getting some great videos. Um, what, uh, what would you say is like, um, the, the people who are like interested in knowing more about like your channel, like what do you think is one thing that people get the most out of your channel? Like if you were to kind of like 
not like niche down your content and stuff. I mean, I know you, I know you made the uh, the do verse make classic classic uh, English lesson. Mm-hmm. The first one. To, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a big one to tackle on your first video too. I was very brave to do that. <laughs> what do you mean? That's a big one to tackle. Uh, uh, when something is a big job to tackle, means to like um, it's, it's kind of like in football to fight against. It's, 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 if something's a difficult task, you can say it's hard to tackle to to like grab and bring to the ground. If it was like rugby or something. Um, I don't know if I was that violent with it, but I, I tried my best. <laughs> and um, no, that one I chose it simply because I was teaching groups of Spanish students, and they have the verb hacer which means both make and do, and they would struggle so much with it. And I was just finding myself, I had lots of different groups, just Spanish learners, they were all doing the PET, the Cambridge B1 exam. And um, that was really what they were struggling with. So I thought, I know, I don't want to have to keep explaining it every single lesson. I'm just going to make a video and and then have that for reference. And yeah, the video got a really mm-hmm. good response. So I carried on making them. Awesome. And do you generally do like uh, videos and stuff? Is it kind of based by requests? Do you have like, do you connect with like some of your audience and see like what's what's the, some of the biggest issues people are having right now? How do you, where does your creativity come from, from making each video, would you say? Oh, everywhere. So I have different sections of videos. I have the basic, well, not, they're not basic, <laughs> the, the grammar lessons, um, which is what you'd expect from an English language kind of page um, but then other things I really like to do are the listening practices because I noticed that my students were obsessed with improving their listening which I imagine is why you started this podcast right for sure yeah yeah because it's just such a big problem it's you know that what you hear is so different to what you read so people struggle to associate so I started doing a sort of listening series where through telling funny stories or anecdotes or answering their questions but in a clear British accent when I speak I have a strong British accent well obviously a very strong British accent anyway but I do kind of make sure that I speak quite clearly in my videos and making sure they were subtitled as well so that's another thing with inspiration people will ask me questions or say can you tell me about other jobs you've had and I'll give them a story about that and then I also do a lot of collaborations so I've always got my eyes open to see other new English teachers that are popping up and I love to do things with them because a couple of bigger YouTubers like took me under their wing when I was starting up and it was so lovely so I always promised that I'd do the same and um what do you mean by to take you under their wing another expression didn't even realize I said that one yes so that (laughs) means they kind of protected me looked after me and kind of mentored me a little bit excellent yeah. Um, sorry, I, I think I cut you off then when I, w- I said take you under your wing. But I guess uh, another thing, because I, I, have, I have a lot of questions, and I know Ethan has a lot of questions too. But um, one question, because you're talking a lot about your, your very clear English pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm really bad with accents. Um, what is another, another big myth? that maybe a lot of students have, and we mentioned this to just before the podcast, was this whole thing about like British versus... Yeah, so the advice that I would give... Well, one thing that I see is people comment on my videos, they either say something positive or negative, but the, the whole topic I think is quite bad, and it's like, I only watch British videos because I want to... I want to speak with a British accent or I'm not going to watch your videos because I only want to speak with an American accent and that is wrong because English is such an international language you're going to hear it all over the world you're going to hear so many different accents I mean we've got three really different accents here on this one podcast and you need to be able to understand everyone so yeah I think that is that what you were getting at Chad yeah can you can you hear me now I can oh, hear yeah. you now, no, yes. Can hear you. Okay, cool. I think I did accidentally push. I don't know what's happening, but my 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 uh, computer is muting me for no reason. But yes, <laughs> that is that's what I'm getting at. And also the fact like people think, for example, I, British English is like I think your your British English is kind of like the poster child for for British accents. <laughs> what do you mean by the poster child, Chad? <laughs> it is like the most 
when people will think of a British accent, they kind of think of how Lucy speaks. It's just a stereotyped kind of British accent. It's very uh, clear, and it's it's uh, it's a beautiful uh, accent, you know. And I think probably in the United States, people look at it as kind of posh, maybe. Definitely. Would you say your accent? Well, I think I'm a notch below. So the poshest <laughs> of all the accents is RP, which is received pronunciation, which is what the Queen speaks, and it's really. Oh, hello, dear. Oh, hello. Yes, very breathy. Uh, a bit. They use their R's in a very strange way. Um, oh, they roll their tongue, right? Yes, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> I sound so stupid. I'm sorry for whoever just had to listen to that. Um, but yeah, I'm, my accent is definitely a notch below that. So when people hear me, they do consider me to be, you know, have a posh accent, but it's not, it's not royalty. Um, mm. You asked another interesting question just before that, and I forgot. Well, I was just saying that saying. how, I'm not sure if this is what I was, what the interesting part was, but I'm just going to repeat oh, what yes. I think the interesting I've part now. Oh, okay. I won't even bother repeating. Americans kind of think that it's really, really posh. Well, I have a lot of Americans yeah. say, saying, I went to America for the first time in January, and all the Americans would be like, oh my God, I love your accent. And they would be like, are you from England? And they were like admiring my accent. <laughs> and what I wanted to tell them was, when I was a child, um, all of the cartoons on TV had American accents. And so me with my little kiddie friends, when we used to play pretend... We um, all put on fake American accents, terrible fake American <laughs> accents, and um, because we really you, looked up to that. Can you give us like a preview? Oh my well, god! she just did it, yeah. <laughs> like that. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh that. Really whiny kind of cartoon accents, because we just thought yeah. that that was what was on TV. So it's obviously the coolest thing. Very, it's, it's very, like valley, very nasal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, nasally. That's the one. Yeah. Sweet Sweet Valley High was a, a TV show my sister used to watch. I never heard about that, but I did used to watch... When I got a bit older, I watched 90210, and I loved that. Oh. Loved that. Mm. But no, it was kind of the cartoons like Arthur. That was my all-time favourite. Do you remember Arthur the Aardvark? I've yeah. never heard of that one. Wow. That's a top, top programme. Okay, so... Uh... It was a broad church and Arthur for American English. Yes. <laughs> Arthur the Advark. Yeah. Um, but what? I, really quick, I know uh, we're, uh, this topic could go for a really long time, but what I wanted to say, which would be my last question for you, was how um, how much would you say like just the British accent differs? I mean, for example, England. I know London is a totally different. Uh, different animal there because it's just su such a cosmopolitan city. You have mm -hmm. so many different languages being spoken there. But I mean, from all around London, uh, sorry, all around England, there are certain accents that even I would struggle to understand. So, oh, me too. What... <laughs> okay, cool. So, what's your what what's your advice that you'd give to a student that kind of like gets confused by that and he's like well what do i do if i don't really know where what i should be listening to would you would you have any advice for someone who just they want to do like maybe some accent training or some pronunciation training but they don't really know where to where to look or what kind of accent to maybe imitate okay so the traditional accent that they try when when people try and teach you british english they try and teach you rp but what I would say is have a listen to British actors and actresses um, and see what kind of accents that just you need to pick the one that you like best, really. Um, so yeah. and also. If you want a challenge, try doing one of the more obscure accents like the Newcastle, the Geordie accent. That's a really can we hear an, can we hear an example? Oh, I, I can't <laughs> do Geordie. Um, I can do Liverpool. So a really okay. cool thing with the Liverpudlian accent is called the nickname is Scouse, and when they say an ooh, they go ooh. So when they say ooh, they say ooh. So that instead of saying I go to school, they say I go to school. Well, that's really cool. So I think that's a really nice <laughs> quirk that it has. Um, I was about to say twerk. Then no, let's not mention twerks in this. Um, <laughs> um, and they also say things like they um, they go Ugh. so instead of saying make up or wake up they would say mehop 
wake up after that. And it's really interesting. So, but I can Whoa, imagine. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, it's completely different. If you search Scouse accent or Liverpool or Liverpudlian accent, it's actually what the Beatles, they're from Liverpool and they speak with a soft version or spoke with oh, a yeah. accent. Yeah. R- Ringo Starr, right? Like, he, he... Don't they Ethan, also like kind of speak, they speak like higher as well, right? Yeah, almost a little bit whiny. Definitely. Yeah. I think they've got more expression in their voice. A bit like the Andalusians in, in Spain. They speak with more gusto and more gestures. And I would say the Northerners tend to speak. I, if I had to have an accent and choose an accent, I would definitely choose a Northern accent, Glaswegian or Irish, because I just think they've got something special, something different. <laughs> they they also like don't tend to speak uh, grammatically correctly. A lot of people in Northern England I've noticed they use a lot like uh, I actually I have a friend here who's from it's not from Manchester but somewhere near Manchester and he says instead of saying my the possessive he says me for the yes, possessive. So, like, yes, yes. He's like where well, me phone. It's like uh, and there's a lot of um, yeah, you're, you're totally right. There's a lot of things like they would say instead instead of you were they would say you was. Like, you yeah, was there, exactly. weren't you? Or you was there, wasn't you? Which sounds... It would be really forced for me to say something like that. But yeah. it's nice. I like the variations in accents. I think I think they say that England has like, the most variations in accents in a single country in the whole world, apparently. A country of its size, I think, per, per, per square kilometre or something. I'm, I'm making this up right now, but I heard a fact <laughs> once. <laughs> At least if you compare it to, like, uh, the United States or I would imagine Australia. Like, the United States, people ask me, like, oh, like, what's the difference in the accents? Like, what's a Colorado accent? I'm from Colorado. And Colorado, like, doesn't have really an American accent. It's just, like, standard American accent. Yeah. And, like, the only really big differences you have in the U.S. are, like, if you go to the, like, Texas or the Deep South or you go to the Northeast or to California. Like, they all kind of have their own accents. But yeah. the rest of us tend to speak very similarly. So it's like I think people yeah. go to England and it can be kind of overwhelming that all of a sudden it's like you meet someone from the south and someone from the north and it's just like two completely sound like they're from two completely different countries almost. Definitely. I'd say the best way of kind of understanding everyone is it's a bit arduous, but you'd you'd have to kind of the changes are normally with the vowel sounds. So the best way would to be if you know you're going to a, a, an area of England that has a particularly strong or different accent, research the substitute vowel sounds. You know, if they say, mm. we say no in southern England, but they say no, uh, like an er uh sound in northern, so you can say oh is sometimes substituted for er, uh, so you know roughly what you're looking for. But it doesn't really take long to adapt, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're in one of those places, I think maybe like like Ethan says, it's kind of overwhelming at first. But probably once you start to get used to the way they speak, it, it, your your ear just starts to naturally kind of adapt to it. Maybe definitely, definitely. And then you, and then you start speaking like that. Like if you, uh, I, I would almost think like the Andalusian accent, especially depending where you go in Andalusia, for Spanish, it could be very equivalent. Because if you go to like Cadiz, which is like in the southwest. They like are they can be difficult for people from Spain to to understand. So it's like you have to just kind of be patient and and uh, open to kind of playing with the language and, and just getting used to it and to know that if you spend enough time, you will start to understand it and even sound like a local. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So well, there uh, speaking... there are the questions that I had. Yeah, so if we can move over to Ethan's questions really quickly. Well, I was going to say, just like speaking, since we're on the topic of Spain, we're going to talk about some uh, common mistakes that Spanish speakers make because uh, both Lucy and I spent quite a bit of time in Spain. And uh, also we'll just mention if any of them are common for other Latin language speakers. Mm-hmm. So I think like you had mentioned the English being a phonetic language, a mistake that I see that is like huge for Spanish speakers is because they really only have like five vowels. Uh, yes. In Spanish, is is that they have a lot of difficulty because in English we have something like thirteen, at least thirteen, different uh, vowel sounds. So, do you, like, what advice do you typically give Spanish speakers for uh, 
for learning those new sounds so that they sound more natural and are more understandable. So I would say to um, a Spanish speaker, um, start. I would say start from scratch with the language. Um, don't try. I mean, there's this epidemic of Spanglish, which is hilarious and I find very <laughs> funny. But you need to completely forget it if you want to achieve an English accent. Um, when I say English, I mean American, Australian, New Zealand, wherever. But if you want to achieve a proper accent, then you're going to have to forget the vowels you thought you knew and and start again. So the first thing would I would actually say is looking at the IPA. Sorry, sorry to cut you off there, but it's, would you say that's because a lot of people, the, the, I think the reason you're giving that advice is because people have very bad habits. Yes. And they, if they keep progressing and don't go back and start again, they never fix it. Like people that are advanced speakers still make the same damn mistakes. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, their education system is quite contaminated. Um, there are a lot of non-native teachers, which is fine, but I think the, the big problem at the moment, and I think many Spanish people will agree with me when I say this, is they've got an obsession with learning English, but they haven't got an obsession with learning it the right way. So they've started all these bilang bilang bilingual bilingual schools bilingual and i call myself an english teacher bilingual schools and all of the teachers must speak english to the children but they only need to have a b2 level so they're speaking this broken contaminated english to the children and like i think i think they're inventing a new language really because it's it's the wrong way to do it um so i think when if you want to start learning a, a proper accent then, well, I say proper, but an English accent, I would say a native accent, shall we say. Um, you need to start from scratch, look at the vowels, look at the IPA, which is the International Phonetic Alphabet, and really practice making the sounds. Um, there's this kind of stigma in Spain at the moment where if you speak good English, then you, you get laughed at. Because I know when they were speaking sure. in, a, in a, like a British accent to me, they would say, I... I feel ridiculous, like I feel so stupid and people would laugh at them for trying to do the British accent. Forget it, you are better. You are better than that. <laughs> Give it a go and um, and you will get there. I sounded like yeah, an idiot when I started with Andalusian accents. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I guess that comes down to the old self, just being too self-conscious about how you sound, right? Just I think just getting over that initial like feeling like an idiot. Which yes. always happens too. Exactly. And yeah, maybe step, to stepping into that. Sorry. Uh, I tend to tell uh, learners as well because like span the way that you speak Spanish, the way you use your mouth is quite different than when you speak English. Like we tend to speak very closed. We keep our mouths closed. Mm -hmm. And actually in the opposite way, like when we English speakers want to learn to speak Spanish or Portuguese well, they, um, in these languages, like you open your mouth more. People speak with like a really open mouth. And for us, when we're first learning it, if we're actually trying to speak it correctly, it can actually make like our jaw a little sore from keeping our mouth open so much. So for you, it's almost like watch people's mouths when they speak mm. and kind of see like what, what kind of things are they doing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you need to oh, kind ahead. of imitate and recreate the sounds that they are making. Um, and definitely watching... Now, this obviously don't do this to a stranger, but try and watch their tongue placement. So the way we say, like the r sound, is completely different to the way they would say it. The same with the d. They would go with a flat tongue just behind their teeth, but we would go a bit further back. So once you start mastering where to put your tongue, <laughs> then you start to achieve amazing things. Oh, God, don't take that out of context. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut it down and just show that part of the podcast. I think this would make a great remix. You could just take out little, little phrases. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, just to... Um, I totally agree with you, like watching the, 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 the mouth movements and stuff, because like, people don't really think of it as like a muscular exercise learning the language i think mm. it's all kind of just cognitive learning and memorization and stuff like that um one example just here's a little funny story about uh the the mispronouncing the vowel sounds because uh, my brother's um girlfriend she's brazilian 
and uh, I was in the car with her, and she wanted to say juice, and that you know the J U I. She said juice. Juice. That's so cute. Yeah, and then we were、uh, we were kind of just having a little bit of a joke with her, and she said, "Oh, you know that thing made from fruit." Fruit. Yeah, no, it is difficult. It is difficult. I really sympathize. Because it's, it's spelled it's spelled like F R U I T, so it's you would think you'd pronounce it Uit. Completely、right? logical.、Uit. Completely logical. But unfortunately,、yeah. English is illogical. English sucks. Damn English. <sighs> But I should rename my、uh, channel that. Damn English. <laughs> I always thought English with Lucy was a little obvious. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to embrace your your English,、uh, your British、um, ness, you could call it English is a twat. Yeah, or bollocks English. <laughs> bollocks English. <laughs> English、yeah. is a twat. I don't know if YouTube would verify that for me, but okay. <laughs> English is a twat. <laughs> They are fabulous British swear words. There, thank you for including those. Yes. <laughs> What does、uh, uh, what what do those mean? Like, or not? You don't have to say like what they actually mean, but like, when do you kind of use those? <laughs> okay, so twat. Well, I will say the real meaning, just so they know. It it, it refers、right. to women's genitals, but we use it to talk about someone that's silly or an idiot. It can be used in quite an affectionate way because you can say, "Oh, you're such a twat," like you're such a silly person, or it can be vicious, <laughs> like you're a twat, like you are an idiot. Um, bollocks, in the other on the other hand, is male genitals. There's two of them, you know, balls basically. And、um, you giggle like schoolboys when I say that. You're doing so well. You didn't have to spend balls. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were like,、oh, balls. <laughs> <laughs> We talk about balls all the time. Do you? <laughs> oh no! Oh god! <laughs> Well,、um, like we like to play sport. Oh, okay. You like to? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well handled, <laughs> well handled, Chad.、Um, but no, obviously it means balls. But we would say it in a way of saying like, if I say bollocks, it means like I don't believe you. That's rubbish. That's nonsense. So、mm-hmm. yeah, bollocks. Kind of like maybe the, quite it, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in the US, you'd say like bullshit. Oh, that's bullshit. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Sorry to have to make you、uh, curse and and explain you some of these、uh, more offensive English British words. But、uh, was there anything? Any last questions you had for、uh, Lucy, Ethan, before we wrap up the podcast? Well, I wasn't that- sure if you if you had any other、uh, tips for our Spanish speaking audience or. Any other Latin speakers?、Um, yes, I would say be really, really careful with the false friends. So, I mean, have you heard about false friends before? I'm sure you have. Can you think of any? Was that like? S- <laughs> um, not from Spain. I'm, I'm,、uh, Ethan, or the Spanish ones? I, I, I can, I can handle the, the maybe the Portuguese ones. Oh.、Uh, re- realize. Yes. Yeah. Good. And constipated and constipado. Which yeah, constip- constipated is when you can't you can't do a poo, basically. And constipated. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be make a poo? Hey, make a. Wouldn't it be make a poo? You're supposed to be an expert on making do. We say do a poo. Do you say make a poo? I, w- I would say、yeah. do as well. Oh, oh、really? isn't that funny? I need to include a video. Is that in a video?、Um, no, we would always say do a poo. <laughs> yeah, toilet yeah. talk. Um, but yeah, constipado in Spanish is when you're all bunged up and blocked up. You've got a cold. So、mm. if you come in and you say, "Oh, I'm so constipated," I'll be like, "Thank you <laughs> for the information, <laughs> Isabel." <laughs> yeah. So they'd come into my class, and I'd be like, "God, these are such oversharers."、Um, yeah. So definitely take care with those because you can Im- invo- avoid embarrassing or embarrass. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> That's another good one. Yeah, yeah. Embarrassing situations. Yeah. They What's the like, false comment、um, there? With embarrassing. Well, embarazada is、uh, pregnant.、Mm. So it's like people. There, there was like a funny commercial in the states for I think something having to do with baseball. But they had like an American player talking to a Mexican player. 
trying to speak Spanish, and he was trying to say, like, oh, I'm so embarrassed, and he was saying, I'm so pregnant. <laughs> and the other thing he, he was saying, I think the other one that he said was, like, uh, something with, I dropped my, I dropped my soup. He was trying to say soap. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, um... Is that... I think I've seen that one. Like, is that like on is that Instagram one? A Vine's Instagram comedy? Maybe they took one? it out of there. It was a commercial, but we could try mm. to try to look for it and whack it on the show notes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Sweet. Um, any final words from uh, Miss Lucy about any just extra tips? Any any game changing advice you could leave the, our audience wanting more of your channel? So we just. Um, I think Make my biggest more. tip for learning English, and it does relate to my channel actually, it well, can relate to any channel really, is just be really productive and efficient with your time in the sense that listening is the one thing that you can practice, well not the one thing, but one of the things that you can practice whilst multitasking. So like with Ooh. this podcast, podcast, <laughs> podcast, you can do it literally anywhere. And if you're traveling, I don't know, half an hour to work each day, you're half an hour there, half an hour back. I mean, that's five hours of potential English practice time. But you wouldn't be doing something anything else, really. So make the most of your time. Listen to podcasts. Maybe, you know, watch my videos. And um, make the most of your time. Excellent. And uh, in relation to... Um, I just kind of remembering some stuff that you said here, like uh, be careful with uh, vowels, always focusing on vowel sounds if you want to try to master kind of pronunciation stuff. Definitely. The TV show was uh, Broad Church. Broad Church. And um, Arthur. Something like Arthur. Oh, that's the American yeah. one. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is a cartoon for children, but okay. If you want to do American pronunciation and have a great time whilst doing it, Arthur is the one. Or get your kids right. to start speaking English, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like an American, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, thank you so much for uh, joining us today lucy it's been awesome it's great having some more female energy some someone from uh from the uk from britain with your perfect posh accent oh. i'm sure the listeners would really <laughs> love it and appreciate it <laughs> thank you so much for having me it was really really fun chatting to you it was a pleasure hey, uh, to uh, yeah yeah uh definitely uh, just uh, i saw your reaction when i said posh is posh maybe not a nice thing to call someone do people no, not like to be called um, posh it's not bad at all but um no, it's it's not bad. I, I never get offended. I just always like to flick my okay. hair and go, oh, darling, when anyone calls me posh. Because really, <laughs> okay. I'm not actually that posh. I just have a very, well, a quite a posh accent. But yeah. Okay. Is that just how everyone in the village speaks? Some people, yeah. No, I would say my village is quite a posh village. Yeah, mm. they will drive and range Also, rovers. okay, village would be just like a suburb? No, village is Maybe. a very small town. So probably under okay. 5,000. Okay, an actual village, okay. Yeah, I think okay. we've got a population of 500 or something, 300, 500. I don't know really, haven't counted. But um, okay. small town. Okay, awesome. I will stop with the questions now. So um, <laughs> thank you again, it was awesome. And uh, do you have any cool songs you'd like to, re a cool song you'd like to maybe recommend them? And for the uh, podcast listeners, they're going to hear it as we uh, play them out today from this podcast. Absolutely, and I think it's highly appropriate. It is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. There, enjoy. And it, who, who, is the, uh, who are the, right, the uh, musicians? Well, it's our favourite Liverpudlians, the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, <Awesome>. it is. <laughs> it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having me on. Um, we'll likewise, likewise. Soon. It's been for great. sure, for sure. Alright guys, so thanks a lot for listening today and like always you'll hear from us next week here on Real Life Radio. One, two, three, oh yeah? One, two, three. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's no uh there's no wrong way to do the oh yeah. With tangerine trees and marmalade skies Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly A girl with kaleidoscope
bridge by a fountain Where rocking horse people eat marshmallow pies Everyone smiles as you drift past the flowers That grow so incredibly high Newspaper taxis appear on the shore Waiting to take you Turnstile 